You're listening to the Professional Goddess Podcast, a place for sluts who like to make money. I'm your host, Anna D, aka The Professional Goddess. On my show, we embrace the uncensored stories of being a self-made slutpreneur. As a stripper turned CEO, I reveal all my juicy trade secrets and share interviews with other female bosses who capitalize on their entire existence. From breaking stigmas in the female business world to challenging norms in the adult industry, we'll tackle it all in six inch stilettos, of course. Now it's time to dive deep into the journey of self-empowerment, owning our sexuality, and by each episode, we will earn our PhDs in CE Hoetry. I'm honored to have you here, and it's my privilege to kickstart the show. Welcome back, everybody. So happy you are here. Today, we're going to go over some strategies and invaluable tips on how to ensure that your safety and well-being while navigating the world of escort services. Now, I am not an escort myself. I know women in the industry and they have provided me knowledge. The internet and Twitter and Reddit has provided me some tips over the years and I am here to help you, but always do your own research. And if you have friends in this community, I encourage you to hold them close because many of them have learned by experience and some unfortunately the hard way, but I hope whether you are an escort or not, this helps you, helps a friend, or gives you an idea of what this job entails. So today we're going to empower ourselves with the knowledge and confidence to navigate the escort industry safely and professionally. So make sure you sit back, relax, enjoy the show, and join me in this conversation as we explore the intersection and empowerment of practical wisdom in this fascinating world of professional companionship. Engaging in escort work involves making personal safety the utmost priority, and while laws and regulations regarding escort services vary by location, it's important to emphasize ethical and legal practices. There are also other episodes in the Professional Goddess series where I interview escorts and some in other countries where it is very legal and much more safe than here in the States. So here is some general guidelines on how to screen clients because my goddesses are always safe. So using a reputable platform, consider working through reputable escort directories or agencies that have a screening process in place, especially for the newbies. But we want to make sure that you aren't being taken advantage of by these agencies either when it comes to pricing and whatnot. But at the same time, sometimes you are taking that cut so that you can be safe if you are on your own. And these platforms may have their own guidelines for client verification. So ask these questions. Make sure that the process is thorough. Examples of some reputable platforms. Now, again, take these like a grain of salt. Do your own research. Slixa, S-L-I-X-A, Ashley Madison, Adult Friend Finder, and One Night Friend. 
So you need to require some personal information. Ask clients for their full name, their phone number, a brief description of themselves. Many escorts also require a copy of a government-issued ID for verification. Now this might steer away some people, it's especially clients that you know have families and whatnot. They don't want to just give their ID away, they're probably thinking, oh, this person can blackmail me. But at the same time, you are in such a high risk position of your safety. So I feel like this is going to weed out people who are hesitant to show their identity. So this is something you just have to get used to and perhaps come up with a little one-liner as to why this is the safest way and the only way to protect yourself. And offering reviews is always a great way to sweeten up this kind of hard part of the conversation. Now, this one is probably one of the most important because if you aren't willing to give personal information so you can secure your safety, it's just, it's truly not likely that they're a good client. You also want to verify employment. You could ask information about their job, such as the company they work for, their position, and the company's contact information. Verify this information independently if possible. Now, again, I totally see both sides of this conversation, but double checking to make sure they're being truthful and it isn't just a fake job. A quick Google search can really help you go the extra mile in doing a background check. And the thing is, you're not trying to exploit them for the services they desire. You are really protecting yourself because if something bad happens, you you could call their job and use it against them if you want, but they should know better that they won't do anything bad, so it never even comes to this. Now, checking references could be an alternative for verifying employment, asking this person for references from other escorts that this client has seen. This is pretty ideal, and you can contact these references discreetly to verify the client's behavior and reliability. Now, I recently saw someone on Twitter tweet about this. They say they reached out to a noted reference, um, so they reached out to another escort and they asked for a fee so this woman contacted another woman and the woman said well it's fifty dollars if you want uh me to tell you about this client's behavior pretty much now this isn't very normal this is kind of a new thing this person had heard of so in that instance i recommend telling the client hey, this review I'm, I'm requesting is $50 to have, so I need you to cover that, and you can provide them with a screenshot. But I wouldn't pay that fee out of pocket if, if providers are doing fees now. And I also want to preface, I apologize in advance if the word escort is offensive in any way. I know provider is another term used in the industry. I mean, no offense whatsoever, but for those newbies listening, I would encourage to use, I suppose, provider. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not talking to anyone directly right now. I'm speaking into my microphone. So I hope everyone's nodding in unison as they listen to this. Now, using screening services, there are some online services that offer background checks and client verification. So research and consider using these services to enhance your safety. I would, again, just Google like screening services for 
escorts or providers, you're going to get more information if you use the term escort, I would believe. And trusting your instincts is such a huge thing. I always talk about those gut feelings. They are just messages from God. And if something feels off during communication or the initial meeting, trust your instincts, babe, and consider declining the appointment, even if it's just the littlest inkling. And I I do this in business all the time. I my if people ask me my business plan, I say, well, it's just ran on intuition, baby. But always, 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 always trust your gut. Remember, not everyone's going to be a good client, and if you have a bad feeling from the start, and things might go badly, so let's just avoid that altogether. Don't make hasty decisions out of lack of finances ever. Set clear boundaries. Clearly communicate your services, your rates, and any boundaries before meeting a client. This helps manage expectations. It reduces the likelihood of misunderstandings. You don't want to be put in a position where a client is wanting something and he is possibly bigger than you, stronger than you, and we just want to avoid that. So really being clear, say, hey, you know, Things that people would request like anal, blowjobs, kissing, condoms, very important things to discuss because if your boundaries get crossed at any time during your time with this person, then stop the time together and leave. Just fucking eject. If they're willing to cross boundaries once, it's likely they will do it again. And I know, I know a lot of you just like me have people pleasing syndrome and, you know, will do things out of fear of not pleasing someone. But I would hate for you to be in a situation where you feel like you have to do something to avoid upsetting someone. And I know this is a scary topic, but a lot of rape happens because we're scared that if we don't submit that they are going to hurt us. So I feel like there's this really, really slippery slope of when you say no and if they start to get aggressive, if you just kind of, you know, dull yourself down and, and stop setting your boundaries and fear that they are going to hurt you and possibly unalive you. So I feel like this is a very case-by-case basis, but my point here is set your boundaries beforehand to avoid many of those scenarios. But I'm not going to lie. If I was in a situation where I said no and my intuition was like, this person's going to kill me if I try to get up and leave, I probably would just endure what I could just to stay alive this is, I know this is something that's super uncomfortable, but I pass that question off to you. What would you do? I mean, I don't want to sit here and say, you know, scream your boundaries. And if you're in a position where this person is giving the radar of like, is going to hurt you. I, I don't know. I, I've never been in that position. I'd love to hear your thoughts if you have, um, if a friend has, but these are, are things we have to talk about because if we continue the pattern of doing things in fear of, like we need to speak up and let men know that this is not okay. So even our friends that 
don't get services or friends and relationships. You know, we want to communicate and keep these conversations alive so that they can share, you know, so the boys can share to the other boys that this isn't not, not okay. Providers are people. You don't get to treat them. You don't get to unhumanize them. Oh, that left like a tightness in my chest because I just empathize with anyone who has been in that situation. So let's move on. This this is why safety is so important, you guys. I, this is why I feel like episodes like these are so important because prevention is is huge in, in public meetings and services. So speaking of public, meeting in public first, you know, have break in the ice nothing wrong with that. Consider meeting clients in a public place for like an initial consultation before agreeing to any private arrangements. You can, you know, your intuition can only clock so much over the phone or over text. I feel like seeing someone's mannerisms and asking them questions about, you know, maybe their relationship with their mom or sister could give off a quick flag or give you a a red flag or a green flag, you know. Now, a coffee place, dinner location, busy park, anywhere that there's a lot of people in case things just go sideways. And even with these meetings and, you know, the, the in public meetings that you do first, I say it's always important to have a trusted friend knowing your whereabouts in, in these pre meetings as well. We'll get to the, the safety during a meeting as well. Now requiring a deposit You can ask for a deposit, which can help filter out unserious or unreliable clients. It ensures that you have a clear, you know, that you're serious if they're serious and make sure you let them know about if you have like a refund deposit policy, whether you do that or not, you know, they're securing their spot. It's non-refundable, you know, let a bitch know. And 20 to 30% of their appointment is a good range for deposit just from my research. So I think requiring that deposit, especially for when I do customs online, that weeds out so many time wasters. Fuck those time wasters. Having a security system in place. This to me is the most, most important what did I say to my mom on the other the phone the other day? Sometimes I say stuff and I go, why? Why did I say that? And why did I say that to my, my sweet mother? But I'm going to Colombia, going to Medellin uh, in about a week. And, you know, she's very concerned for my safety. She obviously sex trafficking is a real thing and no one would want their daughter to be sex trafficked. But I said, wouldn't it be funny if I could just put a air tag in my coochie? <laughs> And she said, uh, honey, it could be anywhere else. Why in your coochie? Like literally an earring would make sense. I was like, I don't know. That just felt right at the time. But informing a trusted friend about your whereabouts and schedule, have a security system in place. You guys consider using a check-in system where you let someone know where you are, letting them know you're saved before, during, after, Make sure that friend's checking in. Have a share your location on your phone. Um, multiple friends, maybe a, a group chat. This could be done. But having whether it's 
I don't know if I want to use the word bodyguard, but having or hiring a friend to just tag along and wait outside for your cue that things are okay. I know someone that became friendly with an Uber driver and eventually, I think for like three or four years, this driver became kind of like their security and they uh, worked out a situation so that they could wait outside or a block away and you just can't put a price on that kind of comfort. Now, trusting communication channels. Use secure and discreet communication channels to protect your privacy and avoid sharing personal information through unsecured methods. So utilizing a secure website or third-party messaging service that is secure and will not risk your details being linked. So whether we want to throw a VPN on while we're communicating I know people are using Telegram. I think the WhatsApp terms have changed a little bit, but do your research and trust the communication channels. I don't know if people are using Snapchat. This I'm, I don't really communicate in a way that I don't want to be observed. I, I just assume I'm always being watched. Uh, but do your research on how to communicate because you don't want a paper trail. With the one on paper trail. Stay informed about local laws. This is why we don't want a paper trail because you should be so aware of the legal implications and regulations that are related to escort services in your location. So make sure your practices comply with law and stay safe, babies, because remember, being an escort is a gray area. Some see it as prostitution, and if you get caught by the police, you might risk some jail time. So your safety is powerment when you are involved in paid company. Develop your own screening process that's based on your comfort level and the legal framework in your area. It's essential to continually reassess and adjust your screening methods as needed to ensure your well-being. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Stay safe, my darlings. The crazies are out there. And if you are involved with them, at least screen them. And on that note, I hope you guys have a lovely weekend. Stay safe and stay slutty, my friends. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Professional Goddess Podcast. If you want to keep the show going and growing, make sure to leave a five-star review. Shop my merch and eBooks at professionalgoddess.com. Make sure to use code SLUT at checkout for a little surprise. My book, Slutpreneur Secrets, is now available on Amazon. Have a question, episode request, or want to be a guest on the show? Email my team via management at professionalgoddess.com. And lastly, if you want to get all up inside me, subscribe to my premium content on OnlyFans at professionalslut.com. All these links and other socials will be in the show notes of the episode. But most importantly, thank you for subscribing to the show and I will talk to you next week. Bye, sluts.